episode 45, another hump day. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. And Jazz has given dance critiques to Scott, so <laughs> nobody wants you with to us, see Jazz. Literally out of time every single time. Yeah, Dad dancing. Some of us white guys can't dance. I'm one of them. So. <laughs> uh, happy to have you guys with us today. We have another special guest. So we didn't burn Robert out the first time, so he agreed to come back for a second visit. So we're happy to have you uh, rejoin us uh, in the hooliganism that is the Not an MSP show. You do Appreciate look like you're in Robert. today, Robert. It does, doesn't it? Uh, it's, just, it's just a very, very boring. Um, <laughs> I can see. Uh, there's the big screen. We thought it was it's a just padded room for a second. So. Room. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. You haven't done with me yet. <laughs> uh, good stuff. This is our Ask Us Anything. We figured we'd bring this back for a second month. We're going to make this a regular thing where you can ask us anything and everything within reason. Be nice. So we'll keep it uh, sponsor friendly. <laughs> uh, anyway, so if you have questions, go ahead and pop those in the chat. Uh, if you just let her, let it type in the letter Q colon, that way if the chat, I could, I'll be able to find those and make sure we don't miss your questions. But yeah, welcome Jez. Welcome Carlos. Anybody else that happens to be joining us in the interim, say hello in the chat. Let us know where you're tuning in from. And if you happen to be sharing your earbuds with us on the podcast, drop that in the comments too. Let us know that, uh, that you're here and listening and that, uh, we're not boring the crap out of you. Uh, so try to make this entertaining as possible. So bring some fire. Anyway, so uh, any questions that you guys have? Any what questions do you guys have that we've gotten? Uh, maybe some, some since some follow up shows. Uh, I, I've got a good one, and this is probably actually aimed at you, Andrew. Sweet, uh, because you're kind of the uh, the marketing man um, that's in these uh, in these windows. Uh, we've all got websites, we've all got call to actions, we've all got funnels that you know our prospects fill in. How often should you go and test everything on your website to make sure that it works? Every week, I've got a I have a ticket. I still do it. I still do it every week. I have a ticket to go in and test all the forms. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, it's minimum weekly. Um, but yeah, that is a, that is a great question. So it's it's because uh, I was working with another MSP um, last week, and they had what I thought was a really really good landing page and call to action, and it was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to fill in this form and download that PDF because I'd really like to know, and the form didn't work. You could fill it all in, but you couldn't hit the submit button. The, the submit went nowhere, um, and when I contacted him, he said, well that page has been there for nearly a year and we've never had any results. I said, well, you've not had results because it doesn't work. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those simple things. We help. We all have those PSA tools. Um, I put it, I have a recurring task in ClickUp that actually goes through all of my sites. Uh, that's a Thursday afternoon task for me, uh, doing yeah. the plugin updates, testing forms, all that good fun stuff. So yeah, nothing worse than I that. Just, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. You know, if you build these things, test it. You've got to test it. So, yeah. 
yeah especially I feel like that Word, was slightly aimed WordPress. at me because something I've done recently is I've got my form my forms are set up and they're working okay but where I've been playing with like the lead gen and the funnels and all those kind of things some of the funnels I think I deleted but I didn't delete the form and I think so early this week someone filled in a, a, one of the lead gen the, the funnel kind of forms I've got the email in my inbox saying they filled in the form, but I've got a note to myself to go and check that the actual thing they entered is now doing something and sent them somewhere. Um, but worst case, if it doesn't, then I'll send them a video, an email, and just say, hey, thanks. Here's the thing that you wanted like four days ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't you. Uh, I, I won't name them. But <laughs> I won't name them, but they're near Luton. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, to me that, uh, yeah, I, I learned that a long time ago. Um, yeah, got to test everything. So, now Pete, you had a, a giveaway for a, an, an X three sixty camera, um, and I think, I mean, I, I haven't heard that I've won yet, um, <laughs> but I assume if I if I didn't win, I think it's because your forms weren't working. So, there should, you know, there should probably be some compensation. I'm just. You know. <laughs> <laughs> However, that might be. I, I don't. We'll be announced at the end of the month. Thank you very much. Oh, you got to okay. you got to wait a little bit longer. A little bit longer. So, hey, we got Robin Grayson joining us from Leeds and Jorgen from Sweden. Uh, I'm in Leeds. It yes. is not sunny. Yeah, not so sunny, Leeds. So, it's, uh, Westway IT says at the uh, Tech Tribe Br Bristol yesterday. I don't know how you, you Mostyn. Hopefully, I, Mostyn, yep. I butcher yeah, people's yeah. names. I'm yeah. sorry. Ask how many of us had cyber risk insurance, and if not, why? Most of the room didn't. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I think we've we've also found with um, some of the tech drive and some of the Mostin works. Um, he now works at a distributor which is Pax Eight, um, but he had uh, his own cyber security company working with MSPs called Asterix. Um, so he's quite a character. Everyone you know in the, in the comp tier in the UK community has, has seen or bumped into Mostin at some point at, at one of these events, um, and he's trying to get uh, a lot of the the more agile MSPs up to a minimum level like at least get get yourself to cyber essentials or cyber essentials plus um and again he he did a um a cybersecurity masterclass uh maybe a month ago now and there were 26 msps in the room and i think only four or five of them had actually achieved cyber essentials themselves um, and I don't, I think there was only one or two that had actually achieved Cyber Essentials Plus. So he's continuing to, to drive that forward. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's hugely important. I think if you're going to go and say to these companies, hey, we can sort out your cybersecurity, you should, you know, be drinking your own champagne, eating your own dog food, which, you know, pick one. Um, <laughs> but um, you should have that yourself. You know, you should hold yourself to those same standards so that you can then go and and, and give that excellent advice to clients. Um, Andrew, in the US, you have you have the NIS standards, I guess. Do you, yeah. do you have an equivalent to Cyber Essentials, which is, it's basically the NIS controls. I guess you have the NIST framework that you're working to. And the interesting thing here in the States that, which is kind of why I want to break down that question a little bit, um, because he, he said most of us did not have cyber risk insurance. Like here, as of yet, you can get insurance without having any type of certification. Uh, I yeah. do think yeah. that that is slowly changing. Um, yeah. the big question in the air that I see here in the States is what is, what is going to be that minimum standard? You know, yeah. is it going to be NIST? Is it going to be something else? Um, especially like, a, you know, an agile MSP, NIST would be a very complicated thing to tackle. 
uh, from a resource perspective. New legislation just passed here, so we'll see what the face of that looks like over the next year. But I do, I do see that being a requirement to have some type of minimum certification. The insurance companies have already gotten ahead of that, and some of them are requiring it. You know, you just you at least prove some level of competence before they will insure you. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's think, nothing um, here that says you got to have this or we won't issue you a policy. Uh, it's just kind of willy nilly right now. I, think, I found a long time when um, I was looking for cyber insurance before, and, and perhaps a reason why lots of people aren't going for the cyber insurance themselves is by the time you go through the process for implementing all the things the cyber insurance policies require you to have, there's obviously very little chance you'll get to the stage where you'll need the cyber insurance policy because that's the reason they put all the barriers in place. Um, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate that it's still you know worth having nowadays, uh, but I feel that's also what's causing, you know, catching a lot of other people up. Why? Well, I can't pay for the policy because I need to spend all the money on the other other preventative measures instead. So it's kind of one or the other for for a few people. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's interesting for the MSP because for, from our perspective, you know, yes, we'll have cyber insurance. That's if we ourselves have some kind of cyber breach, but it won't include you know cascading impact on customers. That would come out of our, you know, public liability or professional indemnity insurance. Um, and so actually, if, sorry, phone. If, if one of our customers gets hacked because we did something wrong or we didn't do something, you know, in time, then actually that would still come out of our indemnity insurance, which we still have, you know, limitations on. Um, so cyber insurance for the MSP is for you as the MSP. I still think it's important to have, and oftentimes you'll get it bundled in with your insurance pack anyway. Um, again, when we renewed this year, they didn't ask at all if we have cyber essentials or cyber essentials plus. Um, but if you achieve any of those, you get a free, not that it's worth much, but a free 25,000 pound cover for cyber insurance. It's not really worth much. Um, no. Our our separate policy that we pay for um, has fantastic cover. So if there's a breach, you know we get access to um, cybersecurity remediation experts, and that's all paid for as part of that policy, uh, which is really nice. But uh, yeah, I just yeah. thought I'd, I'd point out, you know, just because you have cyber insurance, it isn't going to cover your customers. That's still going to come out of your indemnity insurance. One one of the other things as well in the small print of insurance. If you have a breach and you have not registered it with in the UK, we've got the ICO within 72 hours, your insurance is void. So wow. you can buy cyber insurance, but if you don't register a breach, tough luck. So wow. what do you guys see as being that barrier? Is it is it the initial, the cost of the insurance itself, or do you guys think that it is the cost of meeting the standard to even apply for the insurance? I mean, I, I think Cyber Essential Basic is the kind of thing that I mean, it's, it's what three hundred pounds, three hundred fifty pounds. It that that's like nothing for every MSP should be having that as a as a very bare minimum. Um, and even the steps you need to implement at that stage, you don't have to spend a lot of money. I don't think at that stage, most of that is just like resetting passwords and restricting usage and those kind of things. It, it, it's bare minimum best practice, isn't it? If you're an MSP and you can't pass Cyber Essentials, I'd question if you're a good MSP. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm hoping, you know, there's that battle between, you know, should you legislate? Should you not legislate? Like, I'm, I'm finally happy to see some type of movement being done for that. Um, 
just because it, it it makes us all equal in that field where I mean because it's hard it's hard to you know cost you know our cost is this our prices are this and it's just all over this it is literally the wild west here in the states because there is no regular any type of regulation like you have to have there's regulation to paint my nails here in the if I wanted to do that but there's no regulation for IT um, well, that's because so, everyone just sues everyone else out there, surely. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I'm glad they're finally putting some some barriers around that. Um, I just saw that this morning. I was about to go pull up that article that um, the ransomware payouts went down by like 40% last year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I didn't, and again, I, I'm going to dig further into that article that I saw as to what they're attributing that to. Are we getting better at doing our jobs? Uh, keeping no, the bad no, guys it's just out? Less no, it's just less people are reporting what they've paid. I, yeah, especially <laughs> because here it's you know it's against the law to pay you know uh, a ransomware. Uh, Carlos did have a question. I'm going to go ahead and pop this up. It's a little bit of a lengthy one. Um, this is this is a question for you though. This is this is your sweet. So I'm working on building and trying to attain more clients for this. I've been learning and focusing heavily on LinkedIn. I'm just confused on the best way to approach this. Should I be growing my audience on my personal profile or company profile? I'll pop that back up there so I can read it. And it took me 15 seconds. Should I post more on personal or company? And my biggest challenge, how do I grow audience and followers? Which profile, personal or company? Thinking about all this, I feel my brain is going to explode. Okay. <laughs> That's actually an easy one. I know that there's there's many schools of thought on this, uh, especially if you are trying to start any type of presence on LinkedIn. People will interact with your personal profile way more than they ever will your company profile. Unless you're Nike, Coke, Apple, or some big-name brand, people are going to interact with that company page versus they want to interact with the owner. I want to interact with Scott. I want to interact with Pete. So to build your, you know, your profile, you want to have both. You want to have a company page, obviously, so you look like a legitimate business. Uh, but two, you want to have your personal profile. You want to have your personal profile set up to appeal to somebody like yourself. A CEO wants to see a CEO. When I log in, I want to, I want to connect with another CEO. I may not necessarily want to connect with a computer technician, you know, so it's kind of goes back and forth. Carlos, let me know whether or not you're in the tech tribe or not. Um, so you've got all kinds of resources in the tech tribe. Um, yeah, I've got two, two courses actually on LinkedIn in there. One is four hours. Uh, we slim that down to, I think 80 minutes, uh, with the LinkedIn growth map. So I walk you through exactly how to set up your profile exactly how to send connection requests, exactly how to post content. And all of that is about building your audience. Uh, but the key here, Andrew, um, question ahead. for you. So I completely agree with um, focusing on your personal profile because people deal with people. That makes sense. So the question therefore is then what do you do with a company page? Because the only thing that I've really suggested is just sharing your personal updates through the company page and then maybe using the company page to post like announcement kind of things like hiring new staff or um, we've just won an award or those kind of things. Um, Yeah, yeah, be grateful for your thoughts around what what you actually do with the company page then. That's exactly what I do with mine. Whatever you post on your personal, just repost on your company page. Uh, Like when I do live streams, I will post 
separate on both. Um, so yeah, it, you know, eventually, you know, you'll get those followers. You'll get it, the benefit to, too, is somebody follows your company page and they're connected to you personally. When you make a post like that, they'll actually see it twice. So that is a benefit. You, you well, stay a little you bit. To, can you not share your post through the company page and then they'll only see it once at that stage? Sometimes it depends on what it is. Like when I post my live streams, it's a separate post. It's it's a single post on my uh, personal page, and then I'll also make a separate one uh, through the company page. Like we gotcha. set up one for this show, just because once people can tag my show or they can tag my company, you have a, a, a company page that allows that. So, but yeah, it's, it's a catch twenty two. You know, it's you got to have it, but. When you're starting Correct out, I'm especially, wrong. I'm also suggesting don't go and just invite all of your LinkedIn contacts to your company page. That really annoys me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And again, depending on what type of LinkedIn profile you have um, or account you have, I think the, the new sales navigator allows you to invite up to 250 people now instead of just 100. But yeah, again, that's one of those things that I have a task created in ClickUp to go do that every few weeks. Just And I, again, I don't just select all go through and look to the people you've interacted with you've had conversations with then invite them to your you know to like your page um but yeah you got to get that that personal connection to start building an audience so but no that's a great also, question carlos i, I don't know what's going on with uh, linkedin at the minute either so carlos if, you, if you're struggling to get traction and views we're, we're all I think seeing the same thing is, you know, we're putting out posts that we think have got valuable content or, you know, invites to events that we're running. We're running a LinkedIn live event next week. Um, and it's been pushed out to like 300 people. And yeah. we've continually tried to re-push that, that article so that we can try and get some people to sign up to a LinkedIn live event that's happening on LinkedIn. And they're just, there's no exposure to anybody. Um, yesterday and, and the day before, um, Kaylee and our team actually went around and manually invited um, 200 people that were interested in the previous live stream because they hadn't even seen the post. Uh, and literally, in the, just doing that one process, we've doubled the amount of people that are coming to the live stream next week because LinkedIn just isn't pushing the content out. Compare that with we put a post out that said, what's your favorite pancake topping? And we were swamped with thousands of impressions and comments and clicks. And you're just like, really? Really, LinkedIn? I'm trying to get someone to a live stream on your platform, no traction. I ask about pancakes, woo, every, everyone sees it. It's just nuts. So I don't give up, Carlos. It, it is a, it's a really slow process to build that. Consistency is key. I think that's, that's all the key things that we would say as well, is you have to keep you know, putting stuff out there. And it, God, don't do the boring stuff, right? Don't, don't be going, hey, 99% of cyber attacks could have been prevented if you turned on multi-factor that nobody cares. They, they just don't care. I know we, I've had that feedback before. So people do care. They really don't. Um, put stuff out about you, about your people, about your business, and that's what's going to make it really attractive and have people want to work with you. Show some of you. Show some of the business. Um, some of the best posts we've had and, and best relationships we've built is because they've seen just a little bit of the inside of what it's like to work here at Cloud Nexus and some of the stupid videos that we've done just kind of show more of that personality. And that's, that's what's right. kind of, you know, encouraged people to work with us. I was going to say, I've watched some of those videos and I actually question, do you actually do any work at Cloud Nexus? <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it is, you know, it, it is going back to the that's LinkedIn algorithm. 
yeah, you know, to Pete, you can attest to that on the YouTube side. Algorithms are algorithms. They screw with things without warning. Uh, LinkedIn changed something in the algorithm three weeks ago. Because we saw our engagement from the first part of January to the second half of January into February drop almost completely in half. Again, it's nothing that we're doing or not doing. Again, it's just one of those things you got to kind of, you just got to stay consistent. Um, you know, there, there aren't any hacks. As soon as you find the hack for it, they'll change it. Um, so, but yeah, that's why I think just consistently showing up as a person, putting that personality like Scott mentioned in there, and by all means, don't sell. Don't, don't yeah. pitch slap people on... <laughs> I was going to come to that. The 80-20 the, the rule is, you know, you look at the posts that I do, I think I try and do 80% of fun, 20% are around kind of work, not the cybersecurity stats side, but just make it engaging. And people want to engage with people and see that side of things. Like Scott was saying, you know, pancakes. I mean, who thought that would be the hot topic compared to I've actually got a really good opportunity for business um, and it just doesn't happen. But yeah, you, you know, you look at, as I said, my last kind of dozen posts, I don't think one of them's about work. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's, there's still that misnomer with LinkedIn that you can't post personal things on there. You can, I mean, one it's of the things that they're rewarding right now is the selfies. So have you guys noticed the increase in people doing selfies? That's one of the they're testing that with the algorithm. So yeah. I've you know I've seen more. I, again, they're My, they're constantly testing. So don't don't give up. Actually, don't. I was told off last night. So selfies I don't do, but I was told off last night because I didn't have my white trainers on and I couldn't take a photo of my feet. Because that seems to be my regular is I take photos of my shoes and post it because everyone else is doing selfies. Yeah, just do the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is um, this is the whole thing about <laughs> most other social platforms. Like, um, I see all the time with people like, oh god, people moaning about the things they're seeing on their LinkedIn feed. It's like the reason you're seeing it on your LinkedIn feed is because you're engaging with it and you're watching it and you're like interacting. If you just scroll past it, you wouldn't see it anymore. That, that's like the whole fundamental thing with any social networking platform. The more time you spend watching that particular type of content, the more it's going to feed you. Like, spend two minutes on TikTok. And it learns very, very quickly what kind of person you are and what stuff it's going to feed you to keep you in their app for like the next hour. It's yep. very, very simple. Yep. That's, you know, yeah, it's uh, when I went to uh, uh, people a video back in September that they said that that's it. P um, Tom, Tim Schmoyer, who's now with VidIQ, he said, that's that's the hack. Create content for people, not the algorithm. He said, so if you want to know that, you know, the hack of any social platform that's how you do it. Create content that people want to see and we'll keep them on the platform. So uh, we got a question here. Uh, Zara says, hi guys. One question we have is how you guys managed to find relevant sources when you were smaller as a company. We looked at an external source to help, but they wanted 9K a month. Uh, I'm assuming the external marketing agency when it's kind of yeah, that would be my guess too. 
I mean, I mean, I'm a big believer on just doing it yourself, because unless you are a big company with a lot of money, you can spend a lot of money and not see much return very quickly. Um, you know, you have to be if you're spending 9K, you probably have to spend that 9K for about a year to see any form of kind of anything coming back. So hiring someone internally to take care of your marketing. And um, honestly, my experience has been it's been different for everybody else. Um, you can be complete polar opposites. Some people can think one particular source of traffic. Obviously, for me, I'm very big on video because that really worked very, very well for me. But someone else could be, no, I'm on, I'm, I'm a paid kind of ads, pay-per-click kind of person, or I'm a networking person. You just need to test things and find what works for you. Um, the, the the simplest way to put it that I've kind of found works for most people, and it helps them find them eventually, is just focus on one every single month. So start with a clean slate right now. We're in February, so or maybe let's call it March. So the 1st of March, you work on one particular like marketing pillar. So that's going to be, maybe that might be your social media, your email or your video, whatever it's going to be. Pick the one and just spend the month trying to hone that. And then on month two, you kind of maintain that and keep it going. And then you pick something new and then add that into the mix and keep doing that until you get to say month five or month six. And then you kind of assess and go, okay, well, what's not working? What's, you know, what's definitely not working? Well, let's scrap that one. Now let's try something new. Um, I always do think videos like, I mean, I'm video. Like I always think video is worth doing because it's had such a big impact for me and I see it consistently having a big impact that most people won't do it because it's too scary and difficult and complicated things. It's not. Um, But I also think to Andrew's comment, I think from like literally last year was the, the lead gen collateral, like a downloadable template, a PDF, a guide, like something that's, and I'm not saying like, Here's the how to choose a good IT support company. <laughs> end of it. Um, but it's like genuinely like download this because it will save you money or make you more an efficient business or help you with a problem that you've got. Because that's the thing that will actually get them to you know, type in their details and download things. Um, and like Andrew says, like I think I, I did one last year when we had that discussion. I still get um, new leads every single, almost every week, um, but definitely every single month with people downloading those kind of templates. Um, so that's probably where I go to to start off with. But definitely shift your focus away from the, you know, the free cyber review, free security IT review, those kind of things. They don't really sell much because people know they're going to buy IT support at the end of it. Think of something that's actually going to be valuable to them. Um, but you're almost, you know, giving stuff away, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Here's a 10-step checklist to do X, Y, Z. Now, you can do that in Canva, spend half an hour doing that, and that's something that can live on your website for the next year and bring you leads. Uh, so you just spend some time thinking about the actual content itself. Yeah, for sure. Anything that you guys have seen, I know we talked last time we talked about just you know the lead magnets and just something of interest. Uh, we kind of brainstormed that. Anything that you guys are seeing, uh, particularly for you like Scott and Robert, uh, in the MSP space that is people are interested in or they, what what is a problem that they are facing right now as a business owner uh, when it comes to tech or just anything in general? Scott, over to you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, firstly, I just wanted to, to bring up a point for, um, I think it was Zara, was it? I, I don't have the yeah. name in the chat. Right. Um, but we, we, we spent, I think, 40, 45,000 pounds on external agents over a period, uh, you know, in one of our first couple of years, um, because you always get hooked into that thing thinking, well, it's a, it's a lot of money, but these guys really know what they're doing and they're promising leads and they, 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 they have a track record. And, and so 
yeah, it's an investment, but if one of those turns into a, a deal and an opportunity, then hey, you know, we can we can make this back. And what if we get two opportunities? And so that that big ticket number kind of almost convinces you that it's the right thing to do. Um, and genuinely, in our experience, we we spent like say over forty five thousand. We we got zero return on any of that. Um, not in, not any of it turned into a lead. So it's just money thrown away. Um, and that was a hard lesson to learn. You know, I, I, I like to think I'm a clever person. I like to think I make good judgments, but you look at something like that and just go, oof, that's a, that's an expensive lesson to learn. Um, what we, one of our biggest challenges with the outsourced people, and, and they're not all the same, your mileage may vary, but not one of the people that we worked with, and we tried different ones at different times, everybody got a three month or a six month run and we would see how they perform, but none of them could represent our brand, our values, our tone of voice, the way that we could. They just, you know, they had some content, they had some ways of putting things out. Some of them were really slimy and horrible salesy articles. Some of them were just really dry and boring and, and repetitive. None of it felt like us. And so the biggest step that we made, and, and this is a UK thing, so you know we're lucky here in the UK that we can hire apprenticeships at a really low sort of salary cost for that first you know eighteen months. Um, but we get to bring in talent that we can grow internally, and yes, it's a distraction from what you're doing day to day at the start. And you might think, oh, I don't have three months or six months to bring an apprentice up to speed. It doesn't take that long. We 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 were flying within six weeks of you know, producing content that looked and sounded like us, having a roadmap for social media, for all the different channels, having fresh ideas for new opportunities, like on things like TikTok, having YouTube videos put together. And so we started on that that journey really, really quickly thinking, oh, I, I think it's going to take all of my time to invest what we do into a digital marketing person. It took no time at all. And the, and the return on that has been phenomenal. So Again, to echo Pete's point, if you're not in the UK and you don't have a, an apprenticeship scheme, perhaps in, in the country where you are, um, I would still genuinely look at bringing in a resource or even maybe starting with a VA, you know, an external uh, VA agency can do some marketing items for you. They tend to need a bit more structure and a lot more process around what it is you want them to do, but it can be low cost, but I wouldn't be paying 9K a month. Get someone who's in your team and on your side that can really get your culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, just to help briefly with the um, like the content thing, because that's obviously like I don't have enough time to put something together. Um, the the kind of time saving thing that I always go with. So sticking with the you know one thing a month, but just maybe you have your focus on once a month or once a week or something on a particular product or service or thing in the news, whatever it's going to be. But just kind of dissect that information through all your various media. So if you're putting a video out, you know if you want to start with a video then put that out through a blog post, put that out through audio, through your social media channels, just all your kind of marketing things that week or that month should be saying the same message. Um, and I always kind of um, relate it to the fact of when I go down and sit with, with a client and I'm speaking to them, I want to hopefully they've heard or seen or read the message somewhere so I don't have to then explain to them and say, oh, hey, this would be a great bit of technology for you. Um, there were still a few frustrating situations and they're like, oh, hey, have you tried this? Oh, we, no, we haven't. You should have told us about the sooner. And we're like, we did in like literally everything we've sent to you, like emails and letters and like everything. You've still ignored it. But no, we're sat here speaking to you and now we're telling you about it. So my goal was to get them that information 
before I sat down and physically spoke to them. So I think, yeah, just try and focus amongst your other various bits of marketing you're doing, but with the same message. Uh, it makes, makes your marketing a lot easier rather than having to post something on social over here whilst writing a different blog post, whilst making a different video. It gets too complicated. So what do you think, Robert? What, what do close. you think has helped helped you? He's he did he did mic drop to get like where do you go from there? No, no, no. Uh, I, I've listened to everything uh, that you guys have said, Scott and Pete. Absolutely, words of wisdom there. Um, you know, don't discount outsourcing it. Get somebody in to help, like a VA or something. But if you are marketing because you're looking to grow the business, spend some of that budget budget on networking. So. Find a local networking organization and go and meet them. Go and actually get out there and don't sit behind social media just posting every other hour hoping that somebody's going to buy. Yeah. So that's where I'd also spend some of my budget. Yeah, and I, I look at that, you know, a nine grand. Uh, you, if you've watched this show, you guys know I talk about lunch and learns like a lot. Um, we're back in person in-person events are back we're back and like robert said networking and it's not a better way to network than to create your own event i'm i'm much you're playing you've got home field advantage at that point when i create my own event i'm more comfortable with that and i can invite people um and you just think about i think about what you can do for uh, even simply a thousand bucks if you were to take a thousand bucks what kind of event could you put on that is all about you. It's you, it's your show, it's your rodeo. And, you know, I did not put, you know, we did that every quarter because I found that that is the, it was the easiest way to put a bunch of prospects in a room at the same time and be able to educate them, which ultimately led to sales every single time, every single time. I, I think that's a really good approach because my, um, my, my default thought and answer to networking, like general networking, where you walk into a room full of totally different people that you've been invited to rather than you're inviting people to yours, um, it is I'd rather spend my time making a video because then more people who want to see my video will, will watch the video rather than a room full of maybe 10 or 15 people I might get to speak to that might not be interested. Uh, but yeah, that's a very good point. If you're putting on your own events and inviting probably a mixture of clients and prospects to those events together, um, that that's ideal. That, that's a yeah, very good idea. I mean, again, you know, it, <clears throat> go ahead. You, was I, I was just say, yeah, if you if you're doing your own events and you know inviting customers or some say two customers and four or five prospects, much better way to spend nine thousand pound a month or nine thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I mean, just think about what type of an event you could put on. I mean, heck, you could rent a movie theater. And put on and just you know what I mean. You could cater the whole thing. Riding on uh, the golden horses and all sorts for nine grand a month. But you know that's it, the thing, though. I guarantee, if anything, you're going to get something out of it. If at all, people will never forget that event. You know what I mean? If you're going to drop nine grand, um, I never spent more. I think the the most expensive event we put on was like seven hundred bucks, and that was you know we brought yeah. in lunch. And it's only the reason it cost us that much. We did a couple giveaways. We tested doing some giveaways. Um, but go ahead. Pete's got a or, thing or on giveaways. Funding. So I'm just thinking if you're spending money on events, oh, yeah. speak to your vendors because they'll give you money for the events as well. They'll give you stuff. 
Sophos was one of our sponsors. So they gave us T-shirts. They gave us these little cybersecurity booklets. You'll be surprised what they have that they'll send you. You know, I connected with the Sophos rep up in Boston, and I said, hey, I'm putting on an event. Is there anything you can do, you know, anything you could send us to put in the little gift bags for people? I got a box, a whole box of these little cool books, like comic books, about cybersecurity. I got T-shirts, stickers, the whole thing. Did the exact same thing with Microsoft. Microsoft, we got free Office and Windows licenses to give away. Didn't cost me a penny. um, I don't know if you guys, Robert and Scott, have any... um... Do you know who's good at, I don't want to say like good at giving you money nowadays, but I know Datto used to be very good and they were very open to, to you know helping you with those things. I don't know if they're the same since the Kaseya buyouts. Um, Microsoft used I, to be I, good. Sure. I, I don't know. Um, we're not Datto or Kaseya partners, um, but uh, certainly the vendors that we do work with, um, yeah, a, a couple of them have deep pockets and we're exploring those pockets. Uh, speak yeah, to like distributors as well, because distributors can access the vendors. Um, that might be worth a yes. worth a worth a shout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and connect with you know, like Microsoft had an office in Columbus, so that's what I did. I connected with the people that that I you know, on LinkedIn. I found out okay who works in that office, so I connected with them. And I'm like okay, let I, I invite them to coffee, and just tell them hey, this is what I'm looking to do. They'll get you connected with the people that if it even if it's not them. That's exactly how I got, you know, two or three office licenses and Windows licenses to give away for free. He's like, yeah, we'll get you anything you want. Didn't have to go through MDF, didn't have to go through any type of, uh, you know, super in-depth process. He's just like, here, you know, send them over. You know, so it's yeah, a we, great way we to work, advertise. We work uh, with two vendors um, really, really well at the moment. One of them's uh, a Disty up in North Yorkshire, um, and the other one is uh, our partners at Terra. Um, you know, who obviously invest quite a bit of money in us, um, but we do sell a lot of their kit. So yeah, if you don't go and ask, you're missing out. That's the that's the thing, isn't it? Just go and ask. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it, you'll hear me beat that drum over and over again. Uh, you know about using LinkedIn to get people to show up. Um, Craig Allen says, it's great to hear an MSP actually understanding the value of LinkedIn for business growth. Few do. And yes, personal profile first, but you must ensure both are fully optimized. Pages are definitely, put that back up there. I can't read fast enough. Pages are (laughs) definitely getting more support from LinkedIn today though. So watch this space. Yeah. So that's newsletters. Again, it's just that the testing of the algorithm. But that's that's how I came upon LinkedIn as the strategy for me was for lunch and learns that, you know, I was doing a lunch and learn event where two weeks out and I only had like seven people registered. So I'm like, okay, went on LinkedIn. It was a Wednesday night and, you know, direct messaged 150 people that I was connected to on LinkedIn and then did a personal VIP invitation. Next thing I know, I just logged out, went home, came in the next morning. I had 25 people registered and an inbox full of messages from people who said, thanks, but, you know, I can't come to this one, but invite me to the next one. Guess what you, guess what I have for the next event? I now have a list of people who know who I am, who are interested in that. 
and that's how you know we start small and just kept growing from there um but to me that's when it dawned on me okay that works uh, how many marketing things that have you guys done you know you send an email blast do you have 40 50 people reply back to you i mean it's most of the time it's crickets but yep. you know i had 40 or 50 people to reply back to and it was generally the same thing thanks so much for thinking of me. I can't come to this one. Invite me to the next one. And then yeah, have my, them my, bring a friend. My other thing, yeah. My other thing, if you're going to do lunch and learns, start with a small audience, start with wanting, you know, six or maybe eight. And when it's full, those six are advertised as sold out. And then when you get the next one, people are more likely to say, Oh, I want to go because I'm sold out. Don't try and start with 20, 30 or 40 people where you don't sell the seats. Start small and build up that fact that people want to turn up. Yeah. And again, you know, it, 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 by the end of it, it was, I wasn't doing the whole, whole presentations either. We got our, we got our customers involved. I had attorneys as clients. I'm like, there's great content that an attorney yeah. can bring to a lunch and learn and it, he did. Uh, we had an attorney speak about bring your own device. You know, I did the tech, tech side of things. Here's how you do it. Here's why you do it. Here's some things to think about. And then the last hour was case law. Case law of what can happen to a business owner by allowing them to bring their own device. So anyway, so there's, I could go on for days about that. So think about, you know, there's two ways. If I would have had $1,000 to spend and I'm an MSP right now, those are the two places I would invest in would be either lunch and learns either in person or like pizza video doing things like this. And I, 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 I beg MSPs to steal this format of what we're doing right now, steal this format right now of doing a live Q and a because, and don't worry about where you're going to get the content from. Just open up your PSA tool and answer the questions that come into your ticketing system. But do a live Q&A where you can build rapport. Prospects can actually see. If a prospect jumps on here, I now am building no like, and trust without selling you anything. I'm answering questions and proving that I know what I'm doing. And I'm building that rapport. And I have begged I, you know, my coaching clients. So those are two things that I recommend that they do. you got to build your own buzz, whether that's an in-person or an online event do video and steal this format, steal this and, format and of I, doing a Q and a, even if it's once a month. I, I can attest to this as well. I, I literally had a call drop in through Calendly uh, for a call today that I had uh, about an hour ago uh, with a brand new organization that wants to work with us because they'd watch this show and just go, I, I, I think I like you guys. I think I, I like what you've said. I like how you talk. I think we could work really well together can we, you know, explore a couple of projects? And I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's do it. And in fact, the, the, the first part of the call was, oh, I didn't think we'd actually get to speak to you. Um, I've heard you on the podcast. And you're like, yeah, that's, but this just works. We're not here to sell anything or do anything, but it does get people the opportunity to see who you are and hear from you. Um, and I just wanted to touch on, you know, we mentioned the consistency part for Carlos earlier. And in the comments, and, and one of the people who's asked a question is Craig Allen, the Black Knight, and we popped up his thing earlier. Now, I, so far as I know, Craig, we've never met. Um, 
but I know who you are. I've seen your content consistently. As soon as your name popped up in the chat, I was like, oh, he's kind of LinkedIn famous. That's cool. There he is. Um, but like, Eve, I know Craig because he posts so well and so consistently and so interestingly. And also, he's also got like the Black Knight thing after his name. You're like, what's that all about? And then you see, and then he's got the chess piece with the Black Knight on his material. Like, okay. But he's just got something interesting and different about the, the content that he puts out. And he does it so consistently that I, I like to, I literally kind of did a fanboy moment and went, oh, look, it's, it's Craig Allen, the Black Knight. Um, and so that's just testament to that consistency um, that we were talking about, Carlos. If you, you have to start small and you have to keep you know, repeating and going for it. But over time, you just become known and you build up so many connections that you're well known to people. And that consistency helps with top of mind. You're not always going to hit people at the time they need your services. But if you stay consistent, you stay top of mind, when they do have that need or they do have that thought, who's that Who's that guy I see all the time? Yeah, the, the, the Black Knight. I need the Black Knight. And then they'll go and find you and, and book in a call. Um, yes. Hi. He's, he's, he's waving. <laughs> hey, Craig. So we got to get him the voice, you know. The Black Knight. You need to have a voice changer for your podcast, man. <laughs> so, and again, it's just that entertainment factor. I mean, you touched on it. Um, having something in your profile that builds curiosity. I mean, it's just that that's that's another thing I picked up at People Video, um, Pete, was build, you have to have something to build curiosity. You know, even in mundane topics like cybersecurity. If you can have something that builds curiosity, where I want to click through that content, that allows people to get to know you. And I think it's, it's like I said, it's very underutilized in the tech industry, especially in the MSP space. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be super high quality production when you're starting. Um, and I think that's the fear that people have, you know, Robert, you've got a laptop in front of you. Like it is so simple. The, the quality of the quality of video through, you know, webcams and your phone, you can get started doing this. Uh, it's not Absolutely. super complicated. So maybe we'll yeah, go big through shout and out to Tim, any questions on the chat as well. Who's oh, that? Sorry, go on. I was going to say. Uh, Tim Kidney's on the chat as well. He was saying he's listening in whilst he's busy making dinner. Um, but yeah, you know, we, Tim responded to one of our challenges of just do it uh, and went out there and, and made a video. He said it took him two days. It was two days, I think, to work up the courage to do it. But he did it and he put it out there. And again, the response back was lovely just to get to see him and his personality. And you could see in the comments, people were like, yes, Tim, go for it. And it's just, yeah. again, such an easy way. I, think, I don't know if he used his phone to do that, but it's so simple. Um, and I, I know we bang on about video a lot, but again, I think for each of us, it's been transformational in different ways for how we, you know, we've got to work with people. Yeah, and the thing with video, like I said, it, it's, you can repurpose it in so many ways. Like when we're done here, the audio is automatically, you know, built for using the app that Ecamm. All I literally do is take the MP3 files, dump them into Descript, podcast is done send that a transistor. So from one effort, one hour of effort, we at least make two at minimum, two pieces of content. And if you're doing your Q, if you're doing just a simple Q and a like this, even if it's yourself, each one of those questions and answers can be a short video. You can have an yeah. admin. We talked about that. Get a virtual admin, 
you know, a, a video editor to slice those questions into, not, you know, 60 second reels for TikTok or shorts or, you know, Instagram. So if you have an hour long Q&A session, how, you know, and you answer 60 questions, that's 60 pieces of micro content that you now have for one hour's worth of effort. So again, it's just maximizing that because, uh, yeah, P Tim Kidney said that too. He missed the first 25 minutes. He sees, I seem to be, have a stressful, stressfully fragmented marketing plan that keeps evolving and changing. I learned something new about what to do for my marketing. This is proving challenging when trying to work in the business. Also, how do you devise a firm plan that you can stick to at times? I feel I'm going, going around in circles, especially when it's something new I'm not sure how to implement. I think Pete's, Pete's wise counsel there, start with one thing. If it's video yeah, for you, Tim, yeah, if it's video, just get good at that. Spend 30 days doing that. If it's LinkedIn, same thing. Just spend 30 days getting that nailed down, and then next month work on something different. Add to it. But trying to do everything at once, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have that, you know, dog chasing its tail. Uh, it's going to wear you out. Well, uh, one of those things I'd add into the – I didn't, didn't touch on it earlier, but I know a few of my clients – don't have it which is a, was a surprise to me was a crm system well okay an organized crm system it's where you've got kind of all your clients with the right groups membership and tags and prospects with the right tags so when you want to do a, a mail shot or you want to even when you want to send a bit of communication out to your clients to be able to jump into your crm system and just be able to send it to the right people with the right subset of people um that that's a massive thing and, and that that's basically helpful for prospecting as well because if you can group them all and tag them all correctly then your prospecting will um will massively improve. So yeah, for for that's like one month focus on like your CRM, your email system, your email marketing, and that's that's all kind of part of the same thing. Yeah, and it, it, I, I would also say, a... um, go oh, ahead, well, Scott. I was going to say, also do batches, do batches of work because when you get yourself into that mindset, or if you're doing video, you get yourself in front of the camera. The, the whole effort to get that all set up and get it done and get it ready, you should then produce, you know, a number of pieces of content. You're not going to throw it all out at once, but you're there and you're in the mindset and you're in the zone and you've got comfortable with the camera again. Just go, just plan maybe four or five pieces of content that you're going to drip feed over the next couple of weeks, you know, maybe every couple of days, but do it in batches. Trying to do your social media strategy daily is a perfect way to fail because you'll just be sat there and go, oh crap, I haven't put anything out on LinkedIn today. Here's a selfie. And, and but there's no value that came out of that unless you're testing the algorithm like we've all done. But if you plan that in advance, sit down, batch, you know, you can even, we've done an exercise before where we've gone, right, here's 30 LinkedIn posts that we're going to do. Um, and we might use them all next month, but if something more interesting comes along, we'll swap one out. And we'll just like, what, what's like, what's a good hook? What's an image that could go with it? What do we want to let people know? And, and those are sort of the generic bits of content that we just have as a fallback. But then whenever we see something interesting or something fresh or some news, we'll just put a comment, but just something jump in, you know, with a, you know, with a comment on something that's happening, but getting that as a fallback will really help. So having fallback content, batching things up really makes your life easier, uh, as well as, as we've all said, getting someone else to do it. <laughs> so it isn't yeah. just all on you. Yeah, I've had a couple questions on the lunch and learn side. Westway IT said, how would you promote a lunch and learn when, as Scott said, you can hardly promote a LinkedIn Live without going manual? 
I, I think it has to be manual. I think your, your point exactly, Andrew, you said about contacting the people separately. Um, again, I didn't do it. Kaylee did it and we, we contacted 200 people who all sort of came to the last LinkedIn live that we did and said, hey, you know, it looked like, you, hey, name, but we, she was smart enough to change the name every time. Um, hey, you know, we saw that you came to the last LinkedIn live event. Just to let you know, we're doing another one. Really sorry to contact you directly, but to be honest, the algorithms have been a bit nonsense lately. Anyway, here's the link. Would love you to come along. And the response has been fantastic. People looking at it going, it's a personalized message. Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm genuinely interested to come. Um, or they've said, oh, I can't make it. Wrong time zone. Like, don't worry. And, and we've made sure to follow up and reply to every single person. Yet the time zone could be a nightmare. You're in Australia, I can see. Um, why don't you catch us on YouTube or LinkedIn afterwards? If you sign up, you'll get a link and you can watch the video back afterwards. Um, so that's been really helpful. But I think it's John, isn't it, at West Bay? I think for those things, we've really learned, don't just rely on putting posts out and hoping that people will sign up for LinkedIn live events. I think, especially for your lunch and learns as well, as Robert said, you probably want to be really tactical about who you're inviting, keep the... the Keep the guest list short, make it valuable. Maybe it's six or eight people, um, but go and, and manually contact them. I think that that is a really great way to do. Social is 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 kind of a broad brush shotgun approach, isn't it? We want to get a message out and everyone to see it, but a lunch and learn or a LinkedIn Live is, is more tactical. We want to invite the right kind of people to those things. Yeah, because you can create the event using the events feature on LinkedIn, even if it is an in-person lunch and learn. And yeah. you can have the, you can actually have a registration page if you require a registration page that's off of your website, so you can have that native event in you know, LinkedIn. But like you said, Scott, you can actually go in and invite people to that event with from your LinkedIn list. Yeah. Um, and I actually keep a list. Robert, you're on a list. You're on the top of the list of people who have watched my LinkedIn live show. So I know people that have interacted with it. And it's, you know, it's the same thing. Have a list in Sales Navigator of people that interact with your events, whether that's a lunch and learn or if you do this type of format, you know, have your own Q&A show or just a regular show. Have a list of people that where you have that in Sales Navigator and make sure that if you're doing something special, you know, that you have the ability to see that list. Uh, so I think it is very much manual, but it is, if you, like Robert said, if you keep that, that list small, it's very manageable. It's extremely manageable. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're doing lunch and learn for eight people, you're going to go out and advertise it to 20 people. So it's not that difficult to send 20 direct emails. And, okay, you get three responses. Then you send it to another 10, then another 10. And before you know it, your eight people are booked in. Keep yeah. it small to start with. It comes back to the um, dream list clients. You, you don't want to necessarily broadcast it for everybody because you want to pick the ones that you know you're going to be a great fit for. See, I'd rather pick the the five, six or seven people to invite rather than send it to a 200 and just hope that we're going to fill the room, even though they might yeah. not be the right. They might not be ready to buy for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric had a good question again, lunch and learn. Where do you recommend having a lunch and learn? Would you would I look at renting a hotel conference room or something like that? Uh shoot with what you have. I, I lucked out in uh, the space where I was renting office space on the, on the first floor, had two giant conference rooms that I had access to because I paid rent there. So it didn't cost me a penny to have the room. All it cost me was the money to feed people. Uh, so look for some um, co-working spaces is another one. Yeah. 
if if you're not lucky enough to have the conference like uh, room like Andrew had, one of the, the key fa factors to look at if people are having to drive there, look at parking because if they can't get parked, they'll drive away. So make it easy. Yeah, but yeah, look for co-working. Uh, a lot of the co-working places have conference rooms. Uh, and again, hotel conference rooms are probably going to be the most expensive for you. Uh, but yeah, start small, even if it's a coffee shop. I've done that before. A locally owned coffee shop that had a large back room. We're like, hey, I'm, I would like to do kind of a small, you know, event. Can I rent that back room? And they're like, sure. Yeah. If you're doing uh, a lunch and learn, think Sorry, about but... bed and breakfasts. Yeah. Yeah. Doing lunch and learn, think about a bed and breakfast because by the time people have had breakfast and gone, that breakfast room is not being used for the rest of the day. So go and hire a B and B. Yeah, you had Good one more to add in there. Great <laughs> <Break> with. <laughs> Did you have another I was, suggestion? I was say, um, if, if you have the space, I would always do it in my own offices because I'd rather have the prospects. Sorry, I don't want to call them prospects, but the the friends you're going to invite into your into your world um bring them into your office to meet you meet your staff see your offices just kind of show them that you're a proper business because there are a lot of it businesses and you know people out there that are working from the back of the shed and lots of kind of i don't, don't want to call them unprofessional because lots of growing businesses obviously <laughs> but um but yeah if you can bring them in because you can then like it gives you a chance to do that the, the magic moments of like okay remember how they take their teas or coffees or even ask them when when you're kind of inviting them, what, what's your favorite cake or your favorite drink or you know, anything like that, because you can note those down. And if you ever speak to them again, if they ever come in for a meeting again, you can have like the tea or the coffee, the way they like it, already waiting for them. You can have a favorite slice of cake waiting for them. If you ever need to apologize, you can post them a slice of their favorite cake. You know, all these kind of things you can do just to kind of go that little bit extra that most people won't bother with. Yeah, huge impact. Um, it, pet, pets is the same thing. I've found that if you can find out, you know, what the pet's name is, like there's, there's just so many things I found out like, um, <clears throat> three weeks ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, 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 Scott, I, I've forgotten to say thank you for, but, but things like this, like sending out a 10 pound, um, gift voucher thing for when I don't really feel like I've done anything to deserve it, but thank you very much. But things like that, you can send out to people, um, as like a thank you for coming along and yeah, it makes a big difference. Even so though think I've not about said that. a single word until now. If you were to do a marketing campaign, again, if I go back to that, if I have $1,000 to spend on marketing, that's what I would do. I mean, I did a live stream three weeks ago, and I think we had six people. that I talked about my dog, and I had six people talking about dogs in the live stream. But I found out what type of dog they have, what the dog's name is. Guess what I now have the ability to do? I take that personal step in sending them dog treats, you know, with the dog's name on it. You know, it's just, it is those little things that we think have to be complicated and they're, and they're really not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just so many things you could do with, with marketing these days, but that is outside the norm and will work. So if you guys want to chime in there, I'm going to make sure we didn't miss any other, uh, questions too no, so 
I think it is genuinely that it's um you know the, the gift boxes like Scott's doing a smashing job with all of the things you're doing there mate like the the, the gift boxes you send out the welcome boxes are incredible I've still got my water bottle I've still got the little Claudio I think he stuck to my daughter's it still work. <laughs> yep they still work <laughs> so just it's stuff like that, that that stays and that's the thing that you know I think it was um was it data that was doing some sessions throughout COVID where they'd literally pay for your pizza they'd, they'd send you a like a 10 10 pound yeah. or 10 voucher and they know of course that you know that is probably the same price or maybe more affordable than putting on an event that they can put on at the time but it's just taking that marketing spend and spending it in another way that still works and they know that that's going to deliver a return yeah yeah there's just there yeah we could probably get we should we should probably do a whole show about that just like yeah different types of marketing that really make an impact um you got to touch on that i've been to a virtual whiskey tasting Somebody Ooh. did it, did a zoom meeting and yeah. again, very small event. Um, and she sent out whiskey bottles ahead of time. And that's what you did. You got on the event and nobody got hammered. Thank goodness. But again, just <laughs> thinking outside the box, I'm like, okay, that's a really cool idea, but I'm not going to forget that event. I'm not going to forget that vendor. You know, you're, you're, you're going to remember those things. And that's the hardest thing with marketing is staying in people's attention span and those are the things you do it you know and i think it's yeah it's just really easy easy to do it now more than ever so it's a westway it said leo the daft zoom zoomy golden xd is that an inside I guess it's joke a for golden somebody retriever. it'll be his it'll be his dog i guess okay he's got leo a daft golden retriever who loves to jump on zoom calls i'm guessing <laughs> But you see, that's the thing you make note of. You make note of those things that you're not, somebody's not going to tell you that in a sales process. If I'm sitting down in a sales meeting, you're not going to find that stuff out. And there's so, so many uh, things you can find out. Who do you use your phone system and uh, what's the name of your dog? Uh. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, again, that's a benefit of that. So maybe we will do it like a whole, a whole show about just secondary marketing ideas, creative marketing ideas that don't cost a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and I if you're going to take really them, yeah, what, what can you actually do for a thousand dollars? Um, because you probably get that. I mean, a lot of people, should I do Google ads? You know what I mean? And I've seen people drop a thousand, $2,500 on Google ads in a month and get zero. Yeah. I'm like for $2,500, think about what you can actually do that would make an impact where at least one person would remember you. You know, and that, that's where I would yeah. spend it. So, yeah. Did we miss any questions? I'm looking back through the comments here. Um, so. Yeah, appreciate, you know, all the people hanging out today. Westway IT, Eric Sheldon. I know you guys probably got to go because we're past the top of the hour here. I, th I think uh, also quickly, quickly chiming in, if you've got budget to spend on marketing, don't forget to also market to your existing clients. Take them out yes. for dinner and ask them, you know, how's our service? Oh, the first service is fantastic. Would you recommend us? Of course we would. Who would you recommend us to? And ask them a direct question. So yeah, don't don't forget about marketing with your existing customers yeah. because they've got the answers. <clears throat> yeah, that's why you, you touched on a good point, inviting your customers to your lunch and learn events, which we always did because it's great. Nobody's going to pitch your services better than your customers. So it's great because they were just telling audience members, giving testimonials for us. 
with the people they were sitting next to. So, yeah. Excellent. Any other parting shots? Uh, make sure I don't. I think we got all the questions. If I'm not mistaken, if we missed your question, I apologize. Uh, but I've, one I've of the finish off. Did Did you know? Apparently, Cat Eight is a thing. Cat Eight networking cable. What? <laughs> Wait, since when do we get to Cat Seven or Six? Like barely anyone's using Cat Six when I was doing things. Yeah, my brain stopped at Cat Six E or whatever. I didn't know we had a Seven <laughs> or an Eight. Yeah, this is uh, actually well, Andrew. Well, you'd love it. Orange I was going to say that is in the best color ever. So <laughs> <laughs> it is orange. Yeah, I I I haven't been able to find them. Look. Yeah, <laughs> Robert knows the orange. I had orange patch panels. I found a company here in the states that did orange patch panels. So oh, you nice. knew as soon as you walk in where our networks were because you walk <laughs> in and there's a 48 port patch panel and it's bright orange. You knew who it was. So Yeah, and your competitors walked in when Andrew's got this one. <laughs> We're just going to turn around and go uh, call it a day. So Eric said this is fantastic ideas on more focused marketing instead of just shotgunning everywhere. This is exactly what yeah. I needed to hear today. Lots of ideas and, and things spinning in my head. Appreciate you all. So. Awesome. We helped one person, at least one person today. And, and we got the Black Knight to show up. <laughs> that was awesome. So, by the way, Craig, if you want me to produce your show, I would gladly do that. So, because I have so many ideas that we could do, that <laughs> uh, would be so much fun. All right, guys. Again, I got quarter past twelve. It is lunchtime for me, and it's the end of the day for you guys. When does time change for you guys? By the way, I forgot. I'm meaning to ask that. It's in like one or two weeks. It's soon. Okay. Yeah. Ours is, I think, March 12th. Mar- March the, around March the 20th, isn't it? Okay. 26th. You guys are a couple End weeks of March. Do you, yeah. guys spr- you guys spring ahead too, so it'll be a... Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out whether or not we need to alter our starting time here. So uh, We'll figure yeah. it out. We'll jump, we'll jump on the WhatsApp and we'll figure out what's happening. Gotcha. Yeah, it won't affect next week. I can't believe it's March already. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. We're into the, the the last month of the first quarter already. So uh, actually got that one. I think there was one more comment in here. Uh, Westway, thank you for showing up. Appreciate that. Uh, Craig, <laughs> I got the laugh emojis from Craig. Um, and Tim Kidney said, the content of these shows and all the other media you produce is epically valuable. Thank you all from the Funky Mouse. See there again. Nice. There's so many things you could do with that that are memorable yep. uh, that people will remember. Uh, Carlos, thank you for showing up from New Jersey. Appreciate you. Uh, and again, if you're listening to this on the podcast, sharing your earbuds with us, thank you for listening. Uh, and if you're hanging out on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're trying to do some things this year with uh, bringing some more interesting content to the great folks who are tuning in every single week. We appreciate every single one of you. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it for us. I will, we'll all see you all. I think Robert, we'll see you, I think March 22nd. So we got you again on, on on the 22nd. So we'll have some more fun. Unless he goes AWOL again in between. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see. We appreciate having you uh, with us today. Uh, It's always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I I can't wait till we can actually meet in real person. I've, I've not met, any of you guys in real life. So I, I can't true, wait yeah. for that. It's like we're besties virtually, but 
one of these days <laughs> we'll become besties in real life. So, all right, guys, uh, great show again. Thank you, Craig Allen, the Black Knight. Uh, who is Rick Tubb anyway? <laughs> uh, see, Stephen's going to tell on you, Craig. So, the Black Knight, the Black Knight. Oh. It's so much fun with that. Anyway, guys, uh, we'll see you next week. Be safe. And uh, as always, thank you for uh, tuning in. See you next time.